Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. You know, I've been saying this over the last uh, few services, that there's a lot of spiritual activity that's going on. And uh, to just say that, it may be a little blind to people, but there, I mean, there things are things are changing in the spiritual atmosphere, and things always change in the spirit first, and then they change in the natural. The spirit realm is never catching up to the natural. The natural is always catching up to the spirit realm. Hallelujah. When. Uh, A very simple example, we're in the Christmas season. When God sent Jesus into the earth, the plan was already completed. It was already finished. Jesus was the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. The the price for redemption had been paid before Jesus ever was incarnate. It was already done. In God's mind, it was finished. All that had to happen was the natural had to catch up to what the spirit already knew was done. The reason it's so important that we don't live our lives in in, in carnality and in the fleshly realm is because we're always behind. When you get over in the spirit, you get ahead. Amen. One day I I was coming down the steps in our home. Uh, getting ready for Sunday night service. And I came down the steps, and, and uh, we have a landing there. And I, I stepped off on that landing, and the Lord just said a very simple statement to me. He said, if you want to get ahead, be led. Amen. The, the Lord gave us a song from that. If you want to get ahead, be led. But the point that I'm making is this. He said, those that are the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. When, when, when you spend your time in carnal pursuit and fleshly issues and living in the flesh, that's not living in sin per se. But you're always behind. Because the spirit realm's always ahead of the natural realm. And that's why when you get in the spirit, you get prepared for those things. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost, Jesus said the Holy Ghost would tell you things to come. Whatever, whatever it is, He will prepare you for what's coming. But I have to consistently give honor to Him in my life and, and in my daily workings. You can't expect to ignore the Holy Spirit on a daily basis and then get answers from Him when you need them. Because I have to engage Him on a regular basis. Amen. You know, we've heard a lot about how the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. And He is a gentleman. He's not going to force His will on us. But here's the thing. If I don't engage Him, that assures me of something. He's He's not going to take the initiative to push me that direction. I've got to engage Him. Amen. Do you see that? And so when we talk about spiritual activity going on, there's a lot of spiritual activity going on. God is, is doing things because of the season we're in. Hallelujah. You know, the, the Project 2414 paid off. We, were, we showed today we were, what, $300 behind. I say behind. On, on, on uh, the word supply. Well, somebody came and paid that $300 and paid $300 more, so we're $300 in the black. Well, how that, when did that happen? Just today. There's spiritual activity going on. Right now, I'm telling you, right now, ministering spirits 
are making things happening happen for you. Oh, hallelujah. I, I, I don't share these things a lot. But for last week, for probably two days, I was noticing angels in our house. And it's not unusual, but I kept, if I could say it this way, I believe I'm talking to spiritual people, right? I kept noticing one in particular. And he would kind of hang around. And so I was, I was making the bed there uh, one morning. Our, it was our day off. And, uh, and I looked to my right, and this angel's here. And so I turned, and I said, why are you here? Now, understand, he's been in the house all week. I never asked him why he was there. And he said this. He said, I'm here in response to what Michelle has been asking. I'm here for my orders. Why well, Rand got her? <laughs> now she can't see him. I see him. And she stood in our bedroom and told that angel what she had been praying about and told him to go get it, make it happen. Boy, he took off. Boom. Amen. The same thing is happening in your life. Hallelujah, you, you, if, if I could get you to see this, what much of the people of God are talking about is the problems in the world. If you could see, remember when the prophet was in his place of abode and his servant went out and was getting things ready and he looked up in the hills and he saw the enemy all around him? Remember what he did? He came in. And he said, we're surrounded. And what the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes. So he can see there's more with us than there is with them. Right? Now that can be just a Sunday school story. But he opened his spiritual eyes. And it says he saw chariots of fire all around him. That hasn't changed. There are more with us than there are with them. Hallelujah. And, and what people are dealing with, look, look over here in Ephesians. This is, this is a good place to go over here real quick. What people are dealing with is they're trying to deal with things in a natural way. And, and I'll just ask you a question. Have we not yet learned that we can't change anything in the natural? We are spiritual people. I'm looking at your fleshly body, but I'm not looking at the real you. The real you is your spirit on the inside of you. And that's why the Bible says we don't know any man after the flesh, and we don't deal with any man after the flesh. Well, what, what's that mean? If, if, if you were whatever you were before you got born, 30 seconds after you were born again, you were not that anymore. And it is not right or proper to deal with you after what you were in the flesh any longer. Because you're a new creature in Christ. Hallelujah. But yet your hair color didn't change, your eye color didn't change, the shape of your nose didn't change. Everybody that knew you knew you. Remember Brother Hagin telling the story? He said that God had healed him for a number of weeks and maybe a couple months. And, and he was uptown and he ran into one of his old friends, Lefty. And he said him and Lefty sat down on the running board of a 1932 Ford. And they began to talk. And Lefty said, yeah, you remember when we did this and did that? And, and you remember when you opened that lock for us and we went in there and stole some candy? And Brother Hagin said, well, Lefty, that guy that did that died. And he said, well, no, Kenneth Hagin, you didn't die. You're right here. You almost died, but you didn't die. And he said, I just looked at him and said, the man that did that, no longer living. He said he just got up scratching his head and kind of looked back at him and then walked off. Well, when we look at those people that went before us, what, what made Brother Hagin so effective was he lived in the spirit. 
He didn't operate in the flesh. He lived in the flesh. You got a life, you've got to live in the flesh. But you live it by the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. And that's why when Brother Hagin stood over the casket of Brother J.R. Goodwin, who went to heaven, he, he looked down at him, and he looked at the people standing next to him, and he said, that's the only man that ever understood me. Spiritual people are hard to understand by natural people. And when I say spiritual, I'm not talking about legalistic. I'm talking about people that live after the things of the Spirit. But think, people that see thing, and live after things of the Spirit see spiritual activity in their life, and they see spiritual results. That's what you want. You want spiritual results. Am I helping you? I, I, Ephesians 6. So what I was saying as I was going over here, many in the body of Christ are talking about all the natural forces that seem to be marshaled in the world. Well, they are. But there's more for us than there are for them. Hallelujah. Do, 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 do you see this? And, and, and that's why it's all the natural things. It's, it's, it's things that, 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 that's affecting people. It's things that they can touch and things that they can feel and things that they can see. Amen. And they, listen, the world has no answer. Not just, because, not just because it's hopeless, but because they're not spiritual. Oh, hallelujah. Ephesians 6. Now, I'm going to say something, read something that, that you know and you're aware of. But notice verse 12. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That's powerful. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So that means flesh and blood are never your problem. That's how spiritual people look at things. Amen. The president, whomever it may be, is not your problem. And people get into a problem because here's the thing. Spiritual people... Pray for their leaders and don't run them down. Natural people will pray for them, but then get jabs in. Do you see this? Our job is pray. Right? 2 Timothy chapter 2. Remember what it says? It says, I exhort therefore first of all that prayers, supplications, intercessions, giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all that are in authority. For what purpose? That you may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. What happens when you start praying for your leaders and you get spiritual? You lead a quiet and peaceable life. Is that right? Because you're not dealing with it after the flesh. Listen, you can't legislate morality. You, you, you can't legislate a move of God. It's, it's never going to happen. We're two different systems. It's the natural governing system and the spiritual governing system. We preached this morning on we have a king. We don't have a president in the kingdom. We have a king in the kingdom. And there are things that he's outlined that we, got, we have to live by and we have to conduct our lives by. And the Bible says that as believers, we are supposed to walk in the Spirit. To walk spiritually. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? And there's things that the Lord's telling us. The Lord said something to us Wednesday night. And, and we passed it out to everybody that wanted it. The Lord talked about things there was great change coming to washington dc he said there's great change coming and he said don't make the mistake of thinking that this is a natural flesh and blood battle because it's not he said there's a battle going on in the heavenlies above this nation there's a battle going on it's a spiritual fight 
He said the enemy wants to, wants to stop and, and limit these United States. But God said, I'm not done with this country because he said two things. There's more for it to fund and more for it to do. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Glory be to God. I sent that, that word to some people that I respect greatly. And not because I wasn't sure I heard from God, but I always send it out and say, this is for your consideration. And somebody that I have great respect for wrote me back and they said, I believe this is right on. And then they added something that the Lord said to them. Hold tight and with might and we shall see the power of God. Hold tight and with might and we shall see the power of God. I'm telling you. Uh, hallelujah. The Lord said to us concerning the year 2022 that for the body of Christ it would be a year of beautiful clarity. A year of beautiful clarity. Oh, hallelujah. But I've got to stay spiritual because there's spiritual activity going on. Oh, hallelujah. Notice this. Uh, there's something I want you to see. I may not be before you long, but in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, the Lord keeps taking me back to this. And I'm not, I'm not going to try to go another direction. The joy has come. Oh, hallelujah. Verse 9. And he says here, the Apostle Paul's writing by the Holy Spirit. And he says, as it is written, I has not seen, quoting Isaiah 64, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But notice, God has revealed them unto us by his Spirit. God has revealed them. God has revealed. It's, it's the same word for the book of Revelation. It's the unveiling, the uncovering. God has uncovered them. All right? Now, when he says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, neither has it entered into the heart, you always want to look at that natural eye, natural ear, natural heart. Why? Because he says in the very next verse, God has revealed them to us by his spirit. He's uncovered them. There's no reason for a believer to ever be at a deficit. Because I have the answer. Is that right? When I have the Holy Spirit, and, I, and, and you do and I do, we have the Holy Spirit, we should never, and, and I say this, and I want to say it kindly, we should never be behind if I'm listening to the Spirit. I'm not saying I've never been behind, but I can never be behind. Amen. And he says, God has revealed them to us by His Spirit. And then he says this. For the Spirit searcheth all things. The deep things of God. The Amplified Bible says that the Holy Spirit searches diligently, exploring and examining everything, even sounding. Now, that's a little blind to us. But... but I'm sure they still do it today, but I'm sure they do it with sonar. But in Paul's day, they would, they would have to drop an item, a rock, uh, an anchor, something if they, were, if they were in a depth of water to see how deep it was. It was called sounding the depths. And that rope or that chain or whatever they had would be marked. And when it hit bottom, they would know how deep it was. Well, the Bible says that the Holy Spirit is sounding the profound 
here it is, bottomless things of God. See, that's why he says, these things that you haven't seen, thought, or heard have to be revealed to you by the Spirit because they are in a place that your flesh has no access to. They're in those deep, bottomless places. Amen. You know, the Lord told Brother Hagin one time, he said, most ministers live and die and never get out of the first phase of their ministry. Hallelujah. Now, that impacted me. I remember where I was. I was, I was sitting in, in a, a, a little office shed that they had built me. Pastor Michelle and I had just been just started the church and 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 some of the board members put me a little air conditioner and whatnot in this shed beside our house and i had an office out there and i, I would go out and just I, w- I would spend all night out there just seeking the lord and and i i read that one time the lord said to him he said most ministers live and die and never get out of the first phase of their ministry You know, it's possible to live in the shallow end of spiritual things. You can call it whatever you want. You you can live your life on milk. And you'll go to heaven and you'll see God do some things, but you'll never see these deep things. Amen. Because who is milk for? Babies. Right? Paul said strong meat belongs to them who by use, by reason of use, have exercised their senses. All right? He says these deep, profound, bottomless things of God. And then he says the divine counsels and things hidden beyond man's scrutiny. You have divine counsel. But you have to spend time being spiritual to hear it. Years ago, that impacted me. That the third person of the Godhead, the Holy Ghost, the third person, the Bible says that Jesus said, He will hear what I say and tell it to you. Man, that impacted me. I have an insider in the throne room that will hear what's said in the throne room and tell me divine counsel amen but notice it's all tied to I can't try to hear it with the natural ear or see it with the natural eye or comprehend it with the natural heart I just can't do it because it says they're revealed to us by the spirit for a very simple explanation. That's why you can sit at home and know everything's okay and your family's freaking out. But you know everything's okay because you've sounded the depths of something by the Spirit and you know it's okay. Amen. Amen. When uh, I remember when our uh, first grandson was born, our oldest grandson, Mighty Griffin. And uh, when he was born, he was born three months premature and uh, just... I mean, two pounds, I guess, maybe a little over, fit in the palm of your hand, almost, and uh, uh, had, uh, you know, issues uh, with his heart. I was ministering in the prison, and uh, I, came, I came out and got in the car. My wife had sent me a text and with a picture, this is your, your new grandson, and, and so uh, uh, I, uh, she, I called her, and she told me what was going on, and all the way there, from uh, Leavenworth, Kansas, uh, to uh, Overland Park, Kansas, about 35 minutes. And I just prayed in the Spirit. I prayed in the Spirit. Now, this is important. What am I doing when I'm praying in the Spirit? I'm sounding the depths. Oh, praying in tongues is spiritual sonar. You're bouncing things off the depth. And I just prayed, I just prayed, I just prayed in tongues until I felt a release. I felt a release. Now, I know, you know, sometimes I'll laugh, but I just felt a release. I just knew it. I just knew. Okay. Amen. 
And I got there and went up to the room, and, and uh, uh, my son and, and daughter-in-law were not there, but uh, uh, I, I was waiting in the door, and I saw him coming down uh, in, the, in the wheelchair, and she was distraught, and, and he was distraught, and so I let them all get comfortable, and, and the family was there, and, and uh, uh, her, her side of the family is, is, is Baptist, good Baptist people, and just love the Lord, and, uh, and, and, and they never look at me funny when I say things by the Spirit, you know. I, I, don't, I don't just go around them speaking in tongues, but, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed. I'm, you know, we're, we're spiritual people. And so we were praying, and, and, uh, and it was time, you know, we needed to let them get some rest. So we all grabbed hands, and we were praying. And uh, uh, we were walking out of the room, and I was the last one coming out of the room. And I just leaned over, and I kissed my daughter-in-law on top of the head, and I looked at her. I said, now, I said, uh, uh, Becca, you, you may not understand everything that I'm saying here, but listen to me, we got this. I said, we got it. On the way here, I was praying. I'm telling you, we got this. Everything's going to go our way. Now, now, this is important. People say, how would you know that? By the Spirit. I'm not a doctor. I don't, I don't know naturally, but by the Spirit. And the first thing the Lord did, the first thing the Holy Spirit did was tell us to start calling Him Mighty. Because the doctors want to say he was weak. He's mighty. Mighty Griffin. Amen. And uh, then every time the doctor would say something, I'd say, so what needs to happen? What needs to happen? And they said, he needs to gain weight. So we went over and started quoting the scripture over him. You'll be fat and flourishing. Amen. And people say, what happened? He started gaining weight. Started gaining weight. The doctor said all these different things. Some chambers of his heart weren't right. And, and he had a hole in his heart. And they were talking about he could have open heart surgery. When, when they said that, I just I was standing there and they were telling me that. And it just, I, I hope I can explain these things. It's like it went into me and it bounced off my spirit. And I just knew he'll never have surgery. And so finally the doctor said, well, we're not going to do surgery, but at six months he'll have surgery. Once again, it went in and it just bounced off my spirit and I knew he'd never have surgery. Well, six months came and they took him in. They said, no, they said, no, we're not going to do that. Probably a year. So they took him in at a year, no surgery. Then they took him in later and they said, well, may not surgery. We may have to go up a, in his leg in a vein. But remember, we were rejoicing last year. My daughter-in-law took him to the doctor, and the doctor said to her, he'll never need surgery. Now, I walked that out. That, that is verified. That's, that's, something, that's something everybody, unbelievers in that, in that group of our unbelievers in our family, they heard what the doctor said, and they heard what the Spirit said. And what the Spirit said is what happened. Because you're sounding those deep. When you pray in tongues, you know, it's easy for us to say I'm praying mysteries. And we'll talk about that in a moment. You're sounding the depths. You're getting into something that your mind can't comprehend. But yet your mind can receive the answer even though you don't understand what you're praying. The answer is so deep that you can't see it, but yet you can pray in the Spirit, and the Spirit can bring it up, and you can receive it. There are no unanswerable questions for us. The answer to a thousand and one questions is be led. Be led. Hallelujah. And so he says... Things that are hidden. And, and then he goes on and he says, notice this. For what man knows the things of man save the spirit of man with his, which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now this is important. I'm, I'm not going to take a lot of time on this. But you know religion will take this scripture and say, well, you know, there's just, there's things that we just don't know. 
And they never put the scriptures together. The Spirit is searching all things, the deep things of God. And He's giving us the answer here. Nobody knows the things of a man like the Spirit of a man that's in him. So if you're looking for the deep things of God, nobody knows the deep things of God like the Spirit of God. Not saying you can't know them. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this? Now, we've not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God. For what purpose? That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Why have we received the spirit? So we can know. So we can know. Right? I'm I'm looking around this room. I, I know everybody in here, and I know everybody's saved. I know that. Do you know you're saved? Well, how do you know you're saved? You know it because the Holy Spirit's convinced you of it. You know you're saved because the Holy Spirit has let you know that you're saved. Oh, hallelujah. There are things that are freely given to us of God, but I got to dig them out in the Spirit. Pastor Caldwell told a story one time. He said he used to live for a number of years next to a guy that had a, a bunch of beagle dogs. And he said, if the wind blew, those beagles barked. If, if the leaves rustled, they barked. And he said he called the guy one night and said, uh, can you hear your dogs? And the guy kind of got mad at him, and he said, and then the dogs kind of quieted down. And he said, I was just drifting off to sleep, and the phone rang. And it was his neighbor and said, are they barking now? And so, he, you know, he, he had to repent. But uh, his point was they had a St. Bernard. And uh, he said those little beagle dogs would get up next to that fence. And he said that St. Bernard would go over there and look through the knot hole. And said every, every now and then those little beagle dogs would be barking. That St. Bernard would go over there and he'd just go, woof. And he said the beagles would just scatter. But he said one day one little beagle decided he wanted to see what was on the other side of that fence. So he dug through and come out on the side of their yard. And he said there's St. Bernard looked over and saw that little beagle and just got up and started lumbering towards him. He said that little beagle ran to that hole and just started digging just as fast as he could. And he said, but he got about halfway through and his hind end hung. And he said, I could just think what was in that beagle's mind. The last thing he saw was this big dog coming towards him. Amen. Some of y'all are going to go home tonight. They're going to say, what did he preach on? You're going to say something about a dog. I don't, but amen. But here's, here's the point. Here's the point. He was digging. If you're going to get into the things of the Spirit, you got to dig. They don't just come. You got to dig for them. Amen. You got to dig for them. Hallelujah. And notice, he says, verse 13, which things also we speak not in the words that men's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual there's several translations here for this the the coney bear translation says explaining spiritual things to spiritual men another translation says interpreting spiritual things to spiritual men hallelujah that's why you can be around certain people and they don't have it they don't have a clue amen I, I was I, I had a family member one time, and uh, uh, I was listening. We were we were on a trip, and I was listening to uh, Brother Copeland. Uh, he was ministering a series from the London Victory Campaign on uh, 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 being established in the Word of God. And this guy I was traveling with, he had fallen asleep. It's his car, and he had fallen asleep. And I figured, well, he's asleep. I can listen to whatever I want in the tape player because he's asleep. And so I was listening to Brother Copeland. Man, I was getting into it. My Lord, it was, it was everything I could do to not shout. And boy, he woke up, and he goes, what in the world is that? He's a believer now. What in the world is that? I said, that's Brother Copeland. He said, that's the most boring thing I've ever heard in my life. Now, why was it impacting me so much and having no effect on him? Because it was spiritual truth That was being spoken to a natural man. And to him it was boring. To me it was life changing. 
Oh, glory to God. That's why when you come to church, you're listening with your spirit. You're not listening with your ears. People that listen with their ears, if they come and they begin to hear a topic that they've heard a lot or that the pastor's preached on before, they shut down. They go, they, right, they just, they're here, but they're not here. The lights are on, but nobody's home. Right? Amen. Glory to God. And you'll even get a cursory amen. Amen. Hallelujah. But when you do that, you rob your spirit of something that it will need. The spirit will bring to your remembrance something that you heard in church that is your answer. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that's why when, when, when we get a word here, when Prophet Ford who's here tonight, when, when the Lord will move on him, he'll give a, a, a prophetic utterance or a word to the church or a word to my wife or I, or whoever it may be. I, immediately I get on the phone with the office and I say, transcribe that word for me. Send it to me. Why? Because the Spirit said something to me. I don't want to forget it. Amen. Spiritual people go back to those things. In uh, 1999, 1999, am I helping you all tonight? 1999, oh my goodness, we had started the church and, and you know, we took an existing church and uh, there were some people that were not too complimentary of the word of faith. And I had preached a message on the present day ministry of Jesus Christ. And that the present-day ministry of Jesus Christ had five aspects. And, and I made the statement in that message that uh, Jesus did not do what he did on the earth because he was the divine son of God. He did it because he was a man anointed by God. Oh, Lord. The heresy hunters came out. That was the best-selling tape of that year. And it wasn't because people wanted to hear me preach. It was because they wanted, they wanted to accuse me of heresy. And oh my goodness, a lady stopped by the church and chewed my wife out. Just chewed her up one side and down the other. And y'all know Pastor Michelle, my goodness, if there's any, ever anybody that don't deserve her chewing out, it's her. Amen. But the point is, oh my goodness, she called me. I was helping my brother-in-law do something and she called me. And, and I don't know about you, uh, but you know, I got in the flesh for a minute. And I thought, what in the world are these people doing? The only thing we're trying to do is change their life. Bunch of religious and, not, you know, I said some nice things. <laughs> and I went home. I went home and I, I walked in the house and I said, I, I said, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll just leave. We'll just let them have it. They want it that bad. They can just have it. I'll go start another church somewhere else. Well, I knew I couldn't do that, but it felt good to say. <laughs> Amen. And, and I was just sitting there. I was sitting there fuming. I was doing a slow burn. I know you've never been there. But here, here's the problem. I'm responding to a fleshly thing with the flesh. And here's something that happened. A lady named Jean Tillery was in, Jean's in heaven today. God bless her. And, and she had been the organ player at that church for years. Very spiritual, but very spiritual woman. She was the one that had gotten the prayer group together and began to pray for the right pastor to come to that church. And they prayed for five years. Five years they prayed. Marie Price, who comes on Sunday mornings, sits on the front row. She was one of those people in those prayer meetings that were praying. Amen. And the Lord sent me. So I was the answer to their prayer. But here's the point. Here's the point that I'm making. In, in that moment, in that moment, the phone rang. Now, that, this was back when you primarily had landlines. So the phone rang, and I went and answered the phone, and it was Sister Jean. And she said, uh, the Lord gave me a word for you. And I said, okay, it's in the book of Jeremiah. And it says, I've ordained you a prophet, and I've called you to, to tear down and to build. And, and you remember all of that. Amen. And, and it was just, it was very encouraging. And, and it, was, it was very corrective because this is what God's called me to do. Here's, here's the point, though. And I, and I say this as a way of illustration. I was in the flesh 
and couldn't hear the Spirit. Somebody that was in the Spirit had to hear from the Spirit. And the spiritual person called me and let me know what God was saying. Oh, aren't you glad that he's, he's, he's uh, merciful? Amen. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. Oh, hallelujah. The Roost Bible says the things that we put into words, not in words taught by human philosophy, but in words taught by the Spirit. Fitly joining together Spirit-revealed truths with Spirit-taught words. Fitly joining them together. But notice, the next verse says, But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. Now that's important. Because he uses the phrase, the natural man. Natural, spiritual. The natural man. The man that lives by his nature. The man that lives in the natural realm only. He cannot receive. Notice what it says. He does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. Brother Richard, could you put that in the Amplified Bible for me? Amen. Hallelujah. Because uh, this is so important. The natural, non-spiritual man. And notice what it says. Does not accept or welcome or admit into his heart the gifts and teachings and revelations of the Spirit of God. For they are folly. Meaningless nonsense to him, and he's incapable of knowing them progressively. Isn't that powerful? So he says the natural, non-spiritual man is incapable of knowing these things. Now that's not you. You're spiritual. That's a good place for you to say, I'm spiritual. Say, I'm spiritual. And you progressively know what the Spirit is saying. That's why you're not caught off guard. You know, when people would listen to messages that Brother Hagin would teach, and he would make statements like, he would say uh, uh, that nobody in his family had died up to like, he would say like a second cousin. Nobody had died or went through anything that I didn't know at first. That I didn't know what was going to happen. And I've had people say, well, now, are you, you really believe that? Yeah, I really believe that. Not just because it's Brother Hagin, but the Bible says that the spiritual person can know what's coming. You know, as leaders in our home, there shouldn't be things catching us off guard in our home. We should be out in front of these things. <laughs> I've not had a problem in my church in probably 20 years. That I didn't know was coming. God would show me the issue. The Holy Spirit would show me the issue. And I could deal with it. Before it ever become a problem. And if there needed to be restoration. It could be restored. If, so, if something needed to be moved. It could be moved. And it could be moved without hurting the body. This is, this is vital. Because you're out in front of the circumstance. I say you're out in front of the circumstance. Remember Brother Hagin told the story. He said that the Lord came to him in the 1950s and said there's a recession coming. And he told him to prepare for it. And he didn't prepare for it. And he said, and I started going every week, $100 in the hole. Now, $100 don't seem like a lot now, but it's a lot then. And that, that was the year that he said he came off the field and, and he only had enough money. He sold his car and only made enough money. To pay the interest on three small notes that he had. And he said he was praying in the spirit and praying about this. And finally the Lord said, okay. And he, and he went through and he was correcting him. You didn't do this and you didn't do this and you didn't do this. And he said, finally the Lord said, now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. The Lord had refused to talk to him about his finances all year. He's going in the hole every week. And the Lord had refused to talk to him about his finances. 
And he said, at the end of the year, the Lord said, now I'm going to talk to you about your finances. He said, I thought, thank God, praise God, tell me, tell me what to do. Well, he had already told him. He had told him to prepare and to put money back and to do what God was telling him to do in that regard. He just failed to do it. Now, he said the same thing happened in the 1970s. And the Lord said, a recession is coming. And I need you to do this. And one of the first things he told him to do, he said, you go to your office and, and you lay off 14 people. And he said, I, I went to the office. They, they, for whatever reason, whether they were non-essential or whatever, and he, and he laid them off and the Lord gave him a plan and they went through that recession and never suffered. Now, watch the difference between going $100 in the hole every week and having no problems. Spiritual things being received and acted on. Your first option is not the natural option. Your first option is the spiritual option. Are you with me? Hallelujah. I, I got to be careful with this because people think you're against certain things. I'm not. But let me use this as an illustration. If you have a financial issue in your life, your first option is not get a loan. Your first option is find out where the blockage is at. Amen. Why? Because this, the, the, the natural option is just a stop gap. The Spirit will clear it up. The Spirit will take you to the root of that. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? So when we get in the Spirit, it's like a curtain's pulled back. The answer's unveiled. Right? And you can get, you can... You can get into levels of this. You'll, you'll start praying and you'll start getting into something. That's the time to keep going. Don't just pray in tongues devotionally. Pray in tongues all the time. You're driving down the road praying in tongues. You're waiting in the waiting room praying tongues. I mean, you don't have anything better to do. You're going to get a lot more out of that than scrolling social media. Amen. Because, because you, you, you'll start plumbing the depths. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm blessed to be around a lot of spiritual people. And here's something that I've come to understand is that in, in, when, when, when they pray, when a spiritual person prays, they're, they're getting into higher, they're getting into deeper depths. I, and more and more gets pulled back. Because remember the Bible says it's line upon line, it's precept upon precept, it's here a little and there a little. There's levels in the Spirit. And when you pray through in one area, then you just back up, reload, and pray through in the next area. You keep that going on a consistent basis. The more you pray in tongues, the more of an avenue the Holy Spirit has to talk to you. Because you're paving a road. When you pray in tongues, the Bible says that you're speaking mysteries that you don't know. So there's only one person that knows what you're saying, and that's the Holy Spirit. And so the more you pray in tongues, the more he can talk to you. Oh, hallelujah. Now let me hurry. I'm, I'm going to be done just a, a moment. Maybe a, a couple moments. A few moments. A little while. Amen. There are things that I will never know if I don't know them by the Spirit. There's things that I will never know if I don't know them by the Spirit. You know, back the 
the latter part of last year, the first part of this year. And, and I want to share this with you because the Lord's been talking to me about this. You know, we had a lot going on uh, with people that were saying different things. And there were people that were making, uh, if I could say it this way, uh, predictions and, and prophesying about the election. And I want you to understand, first of all, that I'm not against anybody. We don't despise prophecy. People throw the baby out with the bathwater, and that's ridiculous. But here's the point. Here's the point. And if you came to church here, you'll remember me saying this. You better hear in your own spirit about what's going on. You better listen to your spirit. Make your decision based on your spirit. Amen. Because there's, there's a lot that's being said, and if you're not listening to your spirit, you'll get hurt. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, sure enough, that happened. And, 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 and you've got, you, you've got there, there's one dear brother that he's an he's a open letter master. You know what an open letter is. You know, he writes an op-ed for a Christian magazine, and he's ever, forever writing open letters. An open letter to this person, an open letter to that person, you know. But here's the thing. He's always running his Christian brother down. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to criticize and run your brother down. Ever. I've had people say, well, you think these guys miss it? Well, right there, that shows me they're not right. Because it's not these guys. Those are our brothers in Christ. Well, they ought to be exposed. They missed it. Should we expose your missings? I'm your pastor. Remember, I've talked to you about some of them. Should I expose them? How, 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 how would that feel? All right, tonight, we're going to expose Brother Ralph's shortcomings. I don't know that he has any. We'd have to let Teresa come and do that. No. <laughs> Not enough time. But, right, we would never do that. Well, here's the point. I was meditating on that one day, and the Lord said something to me. The Lord said something to me. He said, how is it that people that talked about how accurate and right on these people were, that they can miss something, and now they're just willing to turn on them? And he said, didn't I say in my word, who are you to judge another man's servant? Because to the Lord he rises or falls. The Holy Spirit will always tell you to keep your mind and your mouth off people. Because if you don't, you, the more you criticize, the less you'll hear. The more you run somebody down, the less you'll hear. And in the day and age we live in, we have to hear now like we've never heard before. Amen. Am I helping you? That there, there, there are just things I will never know if I don't pray in the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will show you things, teach you things that are beyond what we know in our natural intellect. But I have to get in that realm called in the Spirit. John said in the book of Revelation, he said, it was the Lord's day, and he made this statement, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit. I was in a, in a spiritual place. I was in the realm. But in the Spirit is a realm. It's called in the Spirit. And you get over into that spiritual realm. Isn't it interesting? John got in the Spirit, and Jesus could tra transcribe the entire book of Revelation to him. Because he got in the spirit. Hallelujah. When you get in the spirit, things just unfold. Things just unfold. Hallelujah. That's why you can't be drawn over into the natural realm of things. Well, should I do this or should I do that? that you can't hold the question and the answer at the same time. You, you have to drop the question and, and do what you know by the word, but pray in the Spirit. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, let's uh, start wrapping this up with this. Romans chapter 8. 
we'll prepare to receive our tithe and offering. I'm telling you, we are people of the word, but we're people of the spirit. We're people of the word and the spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we sent last Sunday night service to, to people that we've been talking to about spiritual things. And uh, uh, we sent them to, to one minister, and uh, they emailed back, and they said, it's so interesting. She said, she said, when you would, when talking about Michelle, she said, when you would speak in tongue, and Philip would go to give the interpretation, she said, I would get the exact interpretation that he was giving. You want to surround yourself with spiritual people. People that are hearing in the spirit the same thing you're hearing. That's why when you go to your family gatherings, you feel like a cockroach in a punch bowl. <laughs> Amen. It's just, you're just out of place. Right? It's, it's not because you don't love your family. It's because they're not spiritual. Don't, don't you dislike that? And, and before you know it, you've sat down five minutes and you know what CNN said and Fox and, and all of them. I mean, they've just regurgitated everything on you. And that, right? Hallelujah. Surround yourself with spiritual people. I talked to another person and they said, that reminds me of services that we had years ago when the Holy Spirit was just allowed to move. Another person said concerning Pastor Michelle, they made the statement, they said, when I saw that, it reminded me of myself. And they made this statement. They said, I've been praying that somebody would come along and pick those things up. Now that blessed me but it bothered me because we've got people that aren't concerned about picking up the spiritual things. I would rather have a medium-sized church with spiritual people in it than to have a mega church with fleshly people in it because a church that's full of spiritual people will move things and do things that a natural church will never do. And it will be lasting things. Amen. My pastors told me for years, I never set out to build a big church. I just did what God told me. And he said, it was just the perfect scenario, the word of faith, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And people came to the word. People came to the spirit. And they always will. What we need in the ministry does not come because we need it. It comes because of the ministry. Provision comes to the ministry. Ministry never follows provision. Mm. Hallelujah. Oh, glory. Brother Leonard, how far are you away from your parking lot? Okay. Well, I just feel led of the Lord. You can count on $1,000 from us. We'll, we'll, we'll be given that. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So he said, let me hurry. The Spirit helps our infirmities, verse 26. We do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us. With groanings that cannot be uttered. So I may not know how to pray. And, the, and I know that's elementary. But notice the Holy Spirit. The Spirit helps me in my weaknesses of prayer. Remember he's sounding the deep things of God. Don't ever go to your prayer time and just play. If you don't know what to pray for or how to pray. Get in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Amen. I, I, would, I would say 85% of my prayer time is in tongues. It's a perfect form of prayer. Now, you can't just throw it up on cruise and just 
think about your grocery list and pray in tongues. But pray in the Spirit. I don't know what the Holy Spirit's praying through me, but the Father does. The Father does. And that's why, and I'll wrap it up with this, that's why when you start praying in the Spirit, you get out in front of things. I've told you this story before, but I'll share it with you again. Pastor Michelle and I were in Birmingham, Alabama, and uh, we were there with uh, Scott Webb, Pastor Scott Webb, at at a uh, camp meeting that he was having. And uh, uh, we got up that Friday morning, and we just had this strong urge to pray in the Spirit. And we prayed in the Spirit all morning and, and into the afternoon. We prayed all morning and, and into the afternoon. And we had even taken a walk and we were just praying in the Spirit. And uh, we got back to the room and we just had a note of victory. We just knew whatever it is, we got the victory. And uh, so we went ahead and, 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 and went then. And because we, we, we were now ready to go eat breakfast, we'd prayed this out. So we went to get breakfast and coffee and and then we just went on with our day and, and had some meetings with some of the ministers and went to church that night. And uh, Brother Copeland preached a long time, but I was healed by the time he was done. Amen. Hallelujah. He preached almost three hours. And I was healed. By the time I was done, I was healed. Hallelujah. I mean, what else you got to do? You know, you're there. That's what you're there for. But uh, my point is, so we got back to the room. They had uh, 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 a dinner for the ministers and we went and, and fellowshiped and we went back to the room and and the the light was blinking we had a message at the the front desk and so uh, uh, we or actually on the phone excuse me and we called and it was the uh, emergency room Olathe Regional Medical Center and uh, uh, when we called the nurse had left a message and said that our daughter our oldest daughter had been admitted and uh, well immediately we called and and uh, they had been sent home, but so we called the people they were staying with. Well, we got up that morning, and we were praying in the Spirit, and we didn't know what we were praying for, but we knew it was urgent. Well, they had went to the mall that evening, and when they were coming out of the mall parking lot, the girl that was driving, wonderful girl, just inattentive, uh, she, she was not paying attention. She looked to the right and didn't see anybody, but she didn't look to the left, and she pulled out in front of an asphalt truck. And that asphalt truck just T-boned that little Chevy Blazer. And uh, now I wasn't there. I don't know what was said. But uh, uh, according to what they told me, the, the people on scene said, you know, this is going to be bad. I mean, right? And, and uh, uh, said a number of different things. But I'm telling you, they came out of that wreck. And if you just saw that car at the junkyard, you'd have wondered how anybody lived. Because it was just crumpled they the worst injury was one of the girls had like three stitches in her knee and they had bumps on their head we got out ahead of that that morning amen spiritual people recognize that urge to get over in the spirit because when you get over in the spirit you're changing things you're changing things. Amen. Hallelujah. It, when, when you go somewhere, you pray in the Spirit. Don't, don't just be, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I, maybe, maybe I'm, I'm, I'm belaboring this issue. But don't just be natural about things. When you got a trip to go on, don't just be natural. Don't just prepare naturally. Prepare spiritually. Double check. Pray in the Holy Ghost. Before you back out of the garage, pray in tongues. Was it that important? Life or death? Life or death? Is that important? Before you get on a plane, if you fly now, if before you get on a plane, pray in the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm going to a conference. Surely God won't let anything bad happen to me. Yeah, but if you're not over in the Spirit, you can't hear His, his caution. Amen. You got time for one more? I had, uh, the Lord had cautioned me one time I was praying in the Spirit, and the Lord had cautioned me about talking about bad drivers. And he said, here's what I want you to say. In your pathway is life, and there is no death. All right. Now, I got that praying in the Spirit. 
And so I started declaring that. Well, I was on my way to, to Kansas, and uh, uh, if you've been on, the, on that highway, you come uh, through what they call the Bobby Hopper Tunnel, right there on the, on the other side of, uh, uh, what is it, Mountainburg, and you, you come through the, the tunnel. And when you come through that tunnel, it comes over a little rise and a sharp turn to the left. You can't see right around that turn to the left. And, and you come out of that tunnel and you're running 70, 75, some of y'all 80. Amen. And, boy, you're moving on. And it was raining, and I came out of that tunnel and came over that rise, and right in front of me was an accident. Amen. But I had already been saying, in my pathway is life and there is no death. I was able to see it and avoid it. Pastor Michelle was on, on her way there. And uh, she said she was going, there's, there's a little town in Missouri there, Lamar, Missouri. And she said, I just felt a strong leading, number one, to get gas now. And so she said, I, I pulled off and, 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 and got fuel and went in the, 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 the store. And she said, I came out and got in the car. And in my spirit, I heard, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. And she said, I sat there five minutes and I heard, don't leave yet. Don't leave yet. She sat there for like 15 minutes for seemingly no reason. Got back on the highway, went down the highway about 15 minutes. And she said it was the worst accident I'd ever seen in my life. Cars were piled up all over the, the highway. Well, if she had not waited that 15 minutes, she would have been right there where the accident happened. There's things that we don't need God to bring us through if we'll listen to the Spirit, we'll never be there. God will not have to preserve me if I'm not there. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Amen. Glory be to God. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for being our teacher, our guide, our director, our comforter. We thank you, Father, that you thought so much of us that you gave us the Holy Spirit. An insider in the throne room. And we thank you that when he speaks, we hear and we obey. And our endeavor will be to be people of the Spirit, that are led by the Spirit, guided by the Spirit, directed by the Spirit.